Second Peter chapter number one, starting in verse number 12. Peter says here, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it me, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with Him in the holy mount." We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy is of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I want to come back here to verse number 13, and it says, Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Without apology, without hiding a thing, I did come to stir some things up this morning. And that's exactly the title of the message, Some Things to stir up. And uh, we are going into revival meeting this week, and uh, we'll get into the scriptures here. And I am praying that we just get stirred up in a good way. In a good way. Let's pray, and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And Lord, I'm thankful that you have given us the book. Lord, that is our guidebook for direction throughout our lives. I'm thankful in that we find eternal life and how to live each and every day. And Lord, I pray as, as we have been searching the Lord going into this week, and Lord, today really kicks things off. Lord, as we go into meetings, asking you to be able to meet with us in a great and a special way to, to have a life-changing week. Lord, I pray that you'd stir things up in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. It's as I've been praying throughout this week, these verses of Scripture going into revival meeting uh, have been burdened upon my heart. Now, as I think about this subject matter, and can I very plainly put it into a object lesson that you would understand and maybe wrap your mind and your heart around as the thoughts that's upon our hearts and our lives for this morning. And I was thinking about some leftover food. How many believe that sometimes leftovers are better than just the original? Okay, and uh, we're not one to just throw away all of our leftovers. I'm thankful for it, and uh, they'll go in the refrigerator and uh, at the right time pull that back out. 
But yet, have you ever taken out, and here's what I'm thinking of, whether it be some food, maybe some cream or some soup, or especially, and I'm a big fan of a, of a cheese queso dip. And I, and I like that. I, I love just the right texture and the right seasoning and spice that's in there. You ever let that just sit for a little while? What starts happening to it? It gets that, that little film and, and hardness and, and crust across the top of it. Now, listen, that's not saying that it's bad. That's not saying to throw the whole thing away when it's just sitting there. But what does have to happen is you do need to turn that heat back up a little bit. And then when that heat is just right, you need to take a spoon and you need to dip it down in there. And you know where I'm going with it. You need to stir it up, don't you? And you stir it up, it's just as good. Just needs to be heated up. Needs to be stirred up to be able to make it usable for what you desire for it. It's not like the cheese and the refried beans that we had at the wedding reception a couple weeks ago. I walked in on Sunday morning and was still putting things away and I opened the refrigerator downstairs and they were cooling off the beans and the cheese from the nachos. And they just took that bag out of that, that big pot that was there and laid it out in the refrigerator and it helps it cool off quicker. Well, I opened up that refrigerator and here's a two-inch patty of refried beans that spread out and, and it didn't make a mess. It's in a bag and it spread out across that, that entire shelf there in the refrigerator. I said, that's not what I want to eat right now. And then just below that, this two-inch patty of refried beans that's set out there. And then a two-inch patty, I'm making Samuel, that's his favorite refried beans, is what we had two weeks ago. And then a two-inch patty of that nacho cheese that was taken out and spread there. And I'm like, I, I, that doesn't look appetizing. And I thought we could take that. We could heat that up. We could stir that up. Now, can I remind us? that that's exactly what I believe spiritually needs to take place in a lot of our lives of some things in our relationship between us and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you this morning that if there's some things in your life that have maybe just cooled off a little in your walk with the Lord. Each of you, and including myself, I was praying this week and the Lord's already started dealing with my heart on some things saying, hey, you need to stir this fire up a little bit in this area of your life. And maybe in this area, you've allowed it to cool off a little bit. And Peter, you need to stir that up a little bit. I've already started asking the Lord and I'm praying throughout this morning that it would be a, a reminder to each and every one of us because that's exactly what Peter is doing here. He's saying, listen, I am by the grace of God and the will of the Lord right now. I'm writing to you and didn't hide the motive to say I'm going to stir some things up in your heart and life. And I believe every one of us need these things. Now, why? What's the necessity of the reminding in order to stir some things up? I wrote a couple things down here, and I want to share these scriptures with you this morning as we look at it. As the Apostle Peter has been writing here in this second letter to the saints here, 
he first of all tells us that we ought to be looking and I believe reminded and stirred some things up for completeness in our Christian life. Now he gives us a list back here starting in verse number five and I want you to see this verses five, six, and seven. It says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. Now we could take a message and preach on every one of these things down through here. In fact, we starts off with faith. I believe that's starting off with salvation, but salvation is not the end all for our Christian life. Salvation is just the beginning of our Christian life. And he says to add to your faith virtue. Do you understand? You just go back and look at a very simple definition of virtue, and it actually means moral correctness. And it actually, one of the definitions that Noah Webster gave, I thought it was very fitting. I could preach the whole message right here on this subject matter. It's actually getting rid of strongholds or vices in your life that might be controlling you. And I thought, what a first step it is to salvation. Add to your faith virtue. In other words, these things that are controlling in our lives, get rid of them. You say, why do I need to be stirred up about some things? Listen, there might be something in your life that's not right with the word of God. And we need to be stirred up and reminded that, hey, some things aren't right. Get them right. Add to your faith virtue. And then to virtue, knowledge. We're living right. We're saved. We're living right. We're learning more. Knowledge, temperance. That's dealing in our outward and actually our interaction, our long-suffering, that type of attitude that we have to temperance, patience. Would anybody in here say that you are as patient in life is what you need to be, then we all got something to be stirred up about, don't we? Then we all got something we need to be able to add and to patience, godliness. So you say, well, I'm doing pretty good on the virtue. I've got some things out of my life and I'm working on my patience. But what about our godliness? There's not one person that would be able to say, I'm as patient as I ought to be. Not one person that would be able to say, I'm as godly as I ought to be. Okay, then we have something that we need to be reminded about and stirred up about to godliness, brotherly kindness. How many are as kind to everybody as you ought to be? Oh, no, I'm a New Englander. (laughs) It does not say add brotherly kindness unless you're from New Hampshire. (laughs) Well, that's just the way we are up here. Yes, and that's why it needs to be changed and it needs to be added and we need to be reminded about some things and yes, stirred up about some things. You and I are not as kind as what we ought to be. You want me to just preach a whole message right there? Husbands and wives are not as kind to each other as they ought to be. Young people are not as kind to their parents as what they ought to be. We are not as kind to brothers and sisters in Christ as what we ought to be. And he says, add to your godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. You understand charity, you get back to the book of Colossians. It says that charity is the bond of perfectness. 
When we reach there, we're a complete Christian. You can go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read all about charity and see if you fulfill everything in there. You say, well, pastor, I don't have all these things right. Then there's some things you need to get stirred up about. It ought to grieve us in our hearts and lives when we read things in the scripture and say that is not where it's supposed to be. We ought to get stirred up about it and say, God, I need that corrected in my life, not just the completeness of the Christian life, but look what he says here, the continual fruit bearing in our Christian life. He says in verse number eight, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought, listen, there's some things I need to add in my life. I don't want to be barren. I want to have the fruit of the spirit as a normal part of my life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I want that to be normal. But yet we look at someone walking in the spirit and we say, boy, they're odd. No, they're normal walking in the spirit. That's a normal Christian. You say, pastor, are you telling me that I'm not where I'm supposed to be as a Christian? There's a real good possibility, yes. But guess who was the first one told this week that they're not where they're supposed to be as a Christian? You're looking at him. As I read down through the scripture, hey, it's the Lord saying, there's some things that's got to be stirred up. And and you say, what have you told Brother Gravely as he's coming in to preach? I haven't told him a thing. In fact, I just called him the other day because we were at his favorite breakfast place down in Pigeon Forge. And I talked to him, called him and told him, and boy, we got a cinnamon roll. You should have seen this, Josh. I didn't even take a picture of it. That thing was that big around. It was about that thick. He said, take it home with you. And he said, you need to eat it later on. It made it all the way to Philly before we ate that thing. And we cut it like a, like a pie. And that's how we ate. So I get on the phone, Brother Gravely. I didn't ask him what he was preaching. I didn't say, hey, what's the Lord dealing with your heart about? I said, brother, I said, we just need you to come in. I said, and just come in and start preaching. I said, whatever God's put on your heart, starting on Monday night. I said, don't take three, four, five nights. I said, just to get warmed up. I said, we don't have that much time. I said, you just need to come in and start preaching. Yes, we need to be stirred up. There's some things in our lives, a completeness, but continual fruit. And, uh, but then I thought about this. Listen, I need to be stirred up for the confidence to be able to stand. He said in verse number 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. I thought, Lord, I want to be revived. I want to be stirred up. And what Peter is saying to these saints here is, listen, I'm putting you in remembrance of some things. Because listen, you pay attention to these things. He said, you're going to be bearing fruit in the Christian life. You're going to be a complete Christian, adding to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. You're going to be building these blocks of Christianity in your lives. And then you take heed to it. Listen, you never fall. Confidence to be able to stand. Hey, I'm walking with the Lord. Can we say right now, going into this week, I am 100% right with God right now at this moment? If there's anything in our lives that, listen, that needs to be stirred up and needs to be listened to, and the Holy Spirit of God speaking to hearts and listen, get stirred up and get reminded of some things. Now, I want to I go ahead and say this because you say, well, Pastor, I've heard all that before. Yeah? The necessity of being reminded, but then can I say this? 
there's nothing new to remind you of. And do you understand Peter actually acknowledged this? He acknowledged this starting down here in verse number 12. Verse number 12, where we started reading, he said, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. And look at this, though ye know them. Do you understand this? Usually I don't have a problem with the things I don't know. But it's the things I do know from the Scripture that I usually have the issues with. I know I'm supposed to read my Bible. I know I'm supposed to pray. I know I'm supposed to be kind to everybody. You ever get to that point and say, well, did you just give me a, a free pass right now not to be kind to someone? Don't, don't you wish he'd just, just give you little coupons like that? You know what I'm saying? That, I mean, just, just for the next 10 minutes, please, Lord, just let me get in the flesh and without any conviction, without any the Holy Spirit of God saying, you know that's not right of just being able to say, listen, God, would you let me give him a piece of my mind? And usually it's the Lord saying, you don't have enough to give away. I'm trying to save you from yourself. You know as well as I do, it's not the things we don't know that get us in trouble. If I were to ask right now, and you think in your lives, every one of us sitting here, I'll say everyone, I know that's an all-inclusive statement, okay? We know we ought to be praying, don't we? How many have prayed this week like we should? We know we ought to be spending time in the Scriptures. How many of us have spent the time in the Scriptures this week that we know that we should? You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. No, I'm just reminding of something. It's nothing new to be reminded. He says, you know these things, and he says, these are, <coughs> you're even established in the present truth. He said, but I'm going to stir you up. And then he says this, starting in verse number 14. He said, I know I'm about to die. Can you imagine Peter writing this letter to the saints? I'm about to die. He said in verse number 14, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. He said, but I am so going to remind you of this. I am so going to stir you up about this that the next verse says this, that after my decease, that after I'm gone, you still remember it. How many right now that maybe your parents have already passed on, but right now without hesitation, you could probably say something that they told you for years. My dad was one that, listen, for years in his life, he would always say this, Peter, you have to create your own joy. He said, the world and people around you, he said, they are going to do everything that they can do to be able to steal your joy from you. And he said, you better make sure that you have your own joy in the Lord. He'd remind me of that for years. Time after time after time. And you know what Peter's saying here? There was sometimes, how many of y'all got sick of hearing some things? How many ever done some construction work and you've heard the term measure twice, cut once? I was told that for you. You know how frustrated I got that my dad would look at me again or my boss would look at me again and say, measure twice, cut one. I know that. I believe that's where Peter is desiring to get these saints to. Listen, I am so going to stir you up about it. 
that after I'm dead and gone, you're still going to remember it. You're still going to remember it. There's those that have passed on before us. And uh, there's, there's one preacher, if you go down south, he had a church there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Pastor Lee Robertson, Highland Park Baptist Church. And it was said for years, if you go and talk to anybody that knows him, what would, what would Pastor Robertson say? Lee Robertson, three to thrive. Three to thrive. That's what he'd say. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Three to thrive, three to thrive. That's what he would say, three to thrive. You know, that was so ingrained into people that even today, and I just said it Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We don't even do a Sunday night and Wednesday night. We're Sunday afternoon and Thursday night. And I'll still say three to thrive, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, three to thrive. You know why that is? He said, I'm so going to stir you up about it that after I'm dead and gone, you're still going to remember it. You understand what a pastor and a preacher's responsibility is in your life? There's nothing new that I'm standing up and declaring to you this morning or that Pastor Gravely will preach all week long, but what he is going to preach is probably things that you already know that just need to be stirred up in your life. So much that you'll remember. And you say, well, what kind of things? Well, I'm glad that you made mention because now I'm going to preach the rest of the book of 2 Peter. That was all introduction. What is he going to remind us of? Do you understand what Peter was stirring things up for them to know? Here's just a few things. Let me give you an outline of the book of Peter. Okay, 2 Peter. Here's what he started reminding them of. Starting in verse number 16... What, he, he named some things all the way through the rest of this letter. First of all, a Bible that we can trust over your experiences. He's stirring them up. Starting there in verse number 16, he starts explaining some of his experiences. Hey, we're in the mountain. We heard the voice from heaven, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. For the scriptures came not in old time by the will of man... But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Can I remind us, and listen, this may stir you up, but the Word of God holds more authority than your personal experience does? You say, well, but I heard that. No, the Word of God's more important. You know why that is? Now, let, me, let me summarize it this way. Your experience may be different than my experience, but the Word of God's the same. And the Word of God is preeminent over every experience because I found out this. I found out there are some experiences that I look at and I'm like, that doesn't quite line up with the Word of God. That's not quite what the Bible says. That's not quite what God's truth has to say about it. And Peter's stirring them up saying, listen, we've got a word of prophecy that can be trusted because it's more important than my experience. He was in the mountain. He heard the voice of God from heaven. He saw the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw all of those things, but he said this, we have a more sure word of prophecy. We've got the word of God. You've got a word of God that can be trusted. You get over in chapter number two and he starts talking. What's he stirring them up about? What's he reminding them about? Chapter number two, he starts stirring them up and reminding them that there's some false teachers that are going to be coming. 
false teachers. Isn't it interesting that he lays down the authority of the word of God before he goes into the warning of the false teachers in chapter number two? Hey, listen, you might just get stirred up this week that some of those people you're listening to online or some of those people you're watching on that television program, listen, that's not Bible. They might actually be teaching you false doctrine. Oh, no, but they're so kind, and what a smile he has. Hey, that's not the qualifications of just being kind and having a smile. It's the Word of God that we must line everything else up with, with the false teachers that will come. And he goes into all of that and says there's going to be false teachers. Some may be stirred up this week, and you say, well, boy, I never realized that. At that point, we have one of two decisions to make. We can either follow the truth of the Word of God or go follow the false teacher. And listen, there's going to be multitudes that go follow a false teacher. The Bible tells us about that. The Bible prophesies that. And Peter's trying to put the warning out there and stir you up. Listen, Peter, what do you want them to know before you die? Hey, we've got a Bible. Hey, there's false teachers that are going to come. But then when you get down towards the end of chapter number two, you start seeing that judgment for sin is not overlooked. That there is a payday for sin against Almighty God. He starts going into the judgment about the angels and the old world and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the righteous that delivered just Lot and the destruction that came because of sin. He says, I want you to know there's judgment that's coming. And can I say, if God convicts your heart about some sin that's in your life, you won't get by with it. You won't get away with it before God. You say, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. Hey, I'm talking the talk. I'm walking the walk. Boy, everybody everybody sees me, Mike, and boy, they just know everything's good. After all, we got all these teenagers sitting right on the front row. Man, they're all dressed up. They're looking sharp. Man, there's not a thing wrong in their lives. Yeah, God knows exactly. You won't get by with sin. And God, if he brought judgment to sin in the past, guess what? He's going to bring judgment to sin in the future. We got a Bible. False teachers are coming. Judgment. But then he he closes it. You get into chapter number three. And can we remember this? He reminds us that Christ is coming back. (laughs) The message that was being preached. You start getting into verse number eight of chapter number three, that uh, the Lord's not slack, that a day's with the Lord. He's coming back. The day of the Lord, verse 10, will come as a thief in the night. We know that the Lord's coming back. And he said, listen, I want to so stir you up and remind you about this, that yes, we have a Bible. Yes, there's going to be false teachers that come. And they're going to try to indoctrinate you. They're going to try to brainwash you. They're going to try to teach you everything under the sun except for the word of God. Now listen, judgment day's coming. Stay right with God. But then don't forget that the Lord's coming back. You say, do we need to be stirred up about that? Yeah, I believe we do. And here's why. We get so dug in here on this earth and in this world, we forget that this world's not our home. 
We forget we've got heaven that's waiting for us. We've got the presence of our Savior for all of eternity. Wouldn't that just be a blessing if the Lord come back today? Now, listen, I'm still one that literally believes that the Lord is coming from heaven and he's going to call all of his children to be able to meet the Lord in the air. I still believe that's going to take place. Now, what's the point of all of this? I want to be right when the Lord comes. I want to be living right. I want to be serving right. I want to be walking with the Lord. I don't want there to be sin in my life. You say, Pastor, are you perfect this morning? No, but I'm working that direction. As soon as the Lord puts something on my heart saying, hey, that's not right, boy, I get stirred up about it. How many of y'all have ever had the Lord say something to you? And boy, you got stirred up about it. Not in a good way either. Lord, why in the world would you say that to me? Lord, why would you convict me about that? Everybody else getting to have fun with their sin. And Lord, here you convict me of my laziness. Lord, why is that? Hey, we ought to be thanking the Lord that he stirred us up about some things. Don't regret when God speaks to your heart. Do you understand God speaking to your heart is great proof that you're a child of God? When he starts bringing conviction saying, hey, this isn't right, that's not right. Hey, you better shape up over here. You know, I've, I've, I've never said that to Jacoby. I've never said, Jacoby, shape it up. You know why? Not my boy. But I might tell his dad, hey, you need to go tell Jacoby. I haven't said that either. <laughs> I've said it to my boy and my girl. Hey, you better shape up. That's not how you're supposed to be acting. You know why I said it to them? They're mine. You know why the Lord has said it to me several times over and over and over? Because I'm his. And he's just reminding us, hey, these things aren't right. And there's some things I'm praying the Lord will stir us up about over this next week. You say, but pastor, we've had a great offering. We've had a great week, and I, I'm thankful for all of it. But I do know there's things in each and every one of our hearts that if we'll be honest between us and the Lord, we need to get stirred up about. We need God because here's, here's what's happened. It's just cooled off a little bit. I'm talking about your fervency for your relationship with God. It's cooled off a little bit. And what does need to happen is that heat needs to get turned up a little bit. Get that heat turned up and let God with that spiritual spoon just stick it down in there. Can I read this to you and I'll be done? You know what Webster said, stir means? And I, I actually, I didn't even copy and paste it. I made myself type out the entire thing because it was, it was so, so much of a blessing to my heart. Here's what Noah Webster said. To stir means to move, to change place in any manner, to agitate, to bring into debate, to incite to action to instigate, to prompt, to quicken, to enliven, to make more lively or vigorous. That's what he said stir means. Let me ask you something. What could God stir you up about this week? What is it in your heart and life? You say, well, Pastor, no, I'm not coming. <laughs> If that's the type of week it's going to be, then Lord, I'll just live stream, live stream it so I can mute it when I need to. Or conveniently have to go get something to drink during that time. 
What could God stir us up about this week to enliven, to agitate, to stir it up, to make more lively or vigorous? What is it the Lord may speak to our hearts about? What is it in your life right now that may be, hey, that one thing that's just not on fire for the Lord like you know it ought to be? You say, Pastor, you've made mention of I am trying to stir some things up. I am. I'm asking God to be able to stick that spiritual spoon down into our lives, stir some things up, get it twisted around, and say, Lord, would you remember this long after I'm gone? Stir it up. Stir it up. You a complete Christian life. What we read over in chapter number one, do you have to add some of them things? Then stir up and get going on it. Are there some things that you're a consistent Christian or maybe you're, you're not even bearing fruit as a Christian? Maybe that needs to be stirred up. Maybe you'd say, hey, I'm, I'm falling constantly. Well, if we'd give diligence to make our call on election sure, he said you never fall. Continually stand. You know why? Because we've been reminded of some things. Ask the Lord to stir up in your heart and life this week what He desires to. Maybe you're here today and you're not even saved. Maybe you're asking the Lord to be able to stir your heart and He needs to stir it for salvation first. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. And then there's some things that we need to get stirred up about.